that means that he'll be nearby then, so if he can come visit here instead of going all the way, they're never going to make it to Colorado with there. I mean, it's a three-day drive out there. Sure. I can make it in two, but you kill yourself. Right. It's it's 18 hours from Colorado to my brother's house in Champaign, and then another 12 hours from there to here. That's crazy. I do the 18, and i got to sleep for a day. <laughs> so it's three days, no matter what you do. Right. You can either break it, it up matter, in three yeah. or do, try to do it in two. And, and still sleep all day to recover. I mean, we came in. We left way like four in the morning drove all day and we got in at, at almost midnight at my brother's oh, house man. and yeah we, we almost hit a deer just to like the last half an hour before his house well you would have had dinner i guess yeah, yeah. fortunately i got deer whistles on my car so do you yeah they work wow are they are they just uh are they little, high pitch? little plastic things that we give out i guess it's above hearing and right, right, right. whistle you, they're in pairs. You're supposed to put two on because it makes a beat note, I guess. But I was cheap. I only had one set, so I put one on my car and one on my truck. Okay. But I've had a lot of deer up to the edge, and they'll be looking at me. So they're seeing me. They're not just charging across the road. Huh. You still could get hit, but, you know, get run into one that's in, in rut that's not paying attention anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the ones that are just on the road, they see me. Cause that's this one fascinating. Was, this one was coming down the road. It, it was crossing the road and it started coming at me, and it moved. Okay. And I, I didn't see it till I was flashing past it. I go, what was a deer oh, right man. in the middle of the road? But it had got out of the way because we heard my car coming and moved. I've I've never hit a deer. I've always thought. So we used to live in Ohio, and there's oh, where yeah. we lived. It was deer everywhere. Yeah. And I always thought I was going to hit one. I never actually hit one. There's yeah. a couple a couple of places where you know it's it's road. It's the road is in you know it's basically in the woods. Yeah. And they're all oh, over the place. Well, in Illinois, it's all cornfields. The deer are sure. everywhere. Oh yeah. I had one. I was heading south from my brother's, and. In, it's like mid-morning at 10 o'clock and I was flying along like 60 or so on a farm road headed south it wasn't even a freeway and all of a sudden this deer came flying across the field I didn't even see him till he, oh, till he hit this edge and, and went right across in front of me I missed him by six feet he went Chow. he was going full blast never slowed down and I didn't see him he didn't see me and he just ran right straight in front of me that's crazy yeah I didn't have time to get my foot off the gas yeah 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 oh, you don't wow, it's so geez. fast yeah so I hit a dog once and it was that same thing, like all of a sudden, like he came out of nowhere, all of a sudden he was right in front of me. I hit a goat in Kenya with a borrowed, a borrowed uh, Toyota Land Cruiser. <laughs> and we'd, we'd gone out. Of course it was someone else's yeah. car. It didn't hurt it. It had a big old bumper, it had those big pipe bumpers yeah, in the yeah, front because yeah. it's Africa. So sure. they, they don't want to hit elephants with it. Yeah, yeah. I think you get a rhino with that thing. It bounce. But anyway, I, I, it had trouble and the accelerator cable broke. So I'd gotten a piece of bailing wire and went, got inside and tied it on. I was driving home by pulling on the bailing wire and pushing down. For the down. transmission or no, for, for the, the gas? for the gas pedal. Oh, okay. Because it, it broke the cable. Oh, the, okay. Just the yeah, cable yeah, yeah. up into there. So, you know, there's no, it wouldn't come, <laughs> it, it wouldn't come back up. So you needed to push down and pull up. <laughs> so I'm driving with that and shifting in one hand and going along and it was starting to get dark. And this stupid goat, I could see it on the side. It waited until I got real in front and jumped right out in front. Oh, man. I go. Okay, there's a go. Bang! Bang. <laughs> I didn't stop because, I, I mean, around there, if you hit something, everybody, all the farmers get mad. And, you know, okay, yeah. Lynch you on the ground. Right. Pay my goat. And they'll, they'll charge you for the goat whether it's theirs or not. Sure, you of get, course. So you just keep going. So if, if there you say if you hit a person, you go to the nearest police station and report it. Don't stop because everybody will, will kill you. kill you before you go. Yeah, I've, I've definitely you know, heard of you fight and kill them. So yeah, it's bad either way. Yeah, keep moving. When, when were you in Kenya? Oh, when was that? Just before my daughter was born, Kate. So that would have been eighty-four. Yeah. Eighty-four. Yeah, most of eighty. About 
How long were we there? Eight months? Yeah, we were eight months there in Kenya. So I didn't know you. I didn't know you went to Africa. Were you only in Kenya, or did you do some traveling around? No, we were mostly in Kenya. Were you uh, doing? I went up translating. You know, I was building the studios at that time. I wasn't even with Wycliffe. We were with Audio Scripture Ministries, and okay. we were building a studio. Wow! In there for doing recording of sure. Bibles and stuff. And um, then I went up to, I went up to Sudan for one outing just to help. Well, with a seminar on cassette players helping people that's what everybody was using for audio so right to teach a bunch of local guys how to keep fix the ones they had to oh, okay keep them moving yeah it is dust I mean you got to oh, you yeah. got to clean them all the time there's just, those moving parts it just chews them up yeah so now it's also different now this kind of stuff you know? oh yeah I well just, even in El Salvador there was a guy who was blind his name was Manuel and he had his you know, Bible on audio, but it was just a brick, you know, yeah. just a, it was a digital, mm-hmm. yeah, a digital, uh, yeah, audio, audio scripture uses those now. They have a, yeah, no one, moving parts and then, or anything. And, uh, Faith Comes by Hearing has another one they do with solar panel on it. Okay, sure. Yeah, at the time we were making solar panel battery packs that you could run the cassette players with because, so you right. could zero out with their power. Sure. And so, but then the, the, uh, player that they use from Israel is a, a little, a pretty small little thing, about size, a little bigger than you. Uh, about the size of your phone. Yeah, that's about the size yeah, of the. Size. Uh, it has a solar panel on the back. I think one of them did. One didn't. They had different models, but yeah. So we switched to that. But those those were just a dream on the horizon, man. We were playing around with speaking spells. Oh yeah. Because we were just, you know, what does digital audio look, look like? What did it feel like? Nobody had any. Sure. It was all analog. I mean, our studio we carried over. I had seven trunks of stuff that went over a mixer oh, board, man. two reel to reel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tape recorders and then we tra- <laughs> we had a cassette duplicator a couple of cassette duplicators we transferred to a master we had a master cassette recorder which I have three of them now but there's nobody wants them yeah, they're dying because I can't buy belts for them I'm trying to transfer my audio tapes I have left off to digital now <laughs> yeah I, my granddad did that with a couple of his and he was from from yeah cassettes to digital and he was doing he had to do something with his reel to reel to get them off no I don't know how it works yeah well, you got to have a real to real. You got to find someone who still got one. Yeah, he uh, had. He, I don't know if he still has it, but he definitely had one. I mean, you just plug them into your. Into, I mean, I got an audio app on my computer. I just that's the thing now. Even for, yeah, but, that's the that's the the crazy thing yeah. about the just the growth of technology. I mean, you know, you had seven trunks. Uh, you said seven trunks. Seven trunks. <laughs> we went. They sent us a business class and now you bring because a we phone. got extra luggage. Yeah. yeah. Now you now everybody our studio we set up. You, you use a computer with an app on it. Yep. And it, it can just be one of the, the little lightweight ones now because they sure. just have pun- plenty of punch, the, the web-based, you know, the Chromebooks or whatever. Chromebook things. Yeah, you yeah. can use Chromebook for it. You don't need a whole lot of horsepower. Yeah. And, and the, uh, the amount of memory, crud, you can do a whole Nothing. Bible on there, on the whole thing. We used to struggle to fit. <laughs> well, in Brazil, we were doing just the text by, and we had a, a deck computer because you couldn't import anything, so they've gotten some deck VT103s, which look like a desktop, but there's they have card card racks and slots. And, okay. And you can fix the dumb things. You can take chips off and fix them. That's what I was doing. Oh, so, right. But they're pretty rugged. But they're, I mean, the hard drive was a five megabyte hard drive <laughs> in platters that you took one out and put another one yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was its hard drive. And then that you could barely get one to testament on. It. And we got, we got thought we were living in luxury when we got a. You're eight, talking audio. No, this is just this text. Is just, this, this is just, just text. print text. You know, just wow. text. It takes a fair amount of file to hold the text. What What takes up more memory, the audio recording or the text? Does. Yeah, audio does. You're in a, I mean, you couldn't even do it on those old ones. Sure, there wasn't enough memory for it. Now you were so what? What? Um, 
translation group did you say you're working with? I work with Wycliffe Bible Translation. You worked well, you work with Wycliffe now. Yeah, that's where I but grew up. When with you too. were when I was a kid, that's where my dad's with Wycliffe. Well, I was with Wycliffe, my dad and mom. Oh, when you were growing up. Yeah. So they were in Bolivia and went to Peru first. I was born in Peru, then we went to Bolivia. You were born in Peru. What years were you in Bolivia? Um, we went to Bolivia in '55. So I was born in '54 in Peru. In '55, we went to Bolivia, and I was there till '73, '74. Oh, so right after. Uh, and then I came up to all the uh, Operation Condor stuff. What was that? That was um, Operation Condor. I don't know anything about that. You know, um, no, the, uh, the is that a military thing? They were doing drug stuff, or no? Well, I mean, it was everything. It was the the U.S. was trying to eradicate um, socialism in, the, in South oh. America. Well, you, and so they yeah. got they got like eight different South American countries to band oh. together. And um, who was the president in '70? Torres. Yeah, Torres. Was, yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. he was mm -hmm. he was too leftist. He was he was a lefty and uh, he was a socialist and they they had um, who's the guy that overthrow uh, uh, Banzer Bar Barrientos Banzer Hugo Banzer Banzer yeah Banzer. yeah so he he they had a president like every year they have had more presidents in years of history and believe sure. they hang guys from the lamppost it's it's not unusual to yeah well they've got guys that that were president tw two or three times they're you know yeah, non consecutive uh, um, yeah Banzer was a couple times so Banzer took over. Torres, he he overthrew Torres with a coup, yeah. and then Torres fled to Brazil or something and yeah. was assassinated. But Operation Condor was that whole oh. trying to that whole purge of, of socialism or trying to purge socialism from yeah because uh, um, what's his name Che Guevara came to Bolivia yeah yeah, yeah. he was in Bolivia yeah and same then time killed him oh yeah I thought he was the funniest thing ever to come there because. Right now they got a real socialist. That that guy they probably could have left alone because I don't think he was that socialist. Because Bolivia is a cooperative country. It's the catch was I'll do co-ops. So okay. they they and they and before him before that the guy that that, that did the coup on it was Basas uh, Nsoro and he did so, a yeah. he did a major land reform. Yeah yeah and yeah. And he yeah. turned all the land from the biggest big farms over to the people. The people. Right. So there wasn't any revolution to have because right. it was already in everybody's hands and they were running co-ops because they Quechua's have run co-ops since the Inca times. I mean they've they've always worked that way. Huh. They they, they work as a group. Sure. That's who they do. They run that because they have irrigation systems and you have to. So they they develop a really strong work ethic and a really good way yeah, of working yeah. together. And good community, yeah. Yeah. So they don't they don't know from socialism from nothing because to them it's like what's the point? We're, we're already, already doing it. Together. We're already yeah. yeah. We do the real thing. We, we already have a commune. We have a commune. We do the real thing. We don't mess with. I mean, but it's not. It's a it's a cooperative, not a commune, because everybody owns right. their stuff. It's a bank. It's essentially a com a community bank, like a co op bank. Sure. Here, but your banking is time and your work you put. Okay. In. You don't money. There's no money involved. You you put your time. You put in stuff and you can take the the group will help you. But that's taking money out, and you got to pay it back. So okay. it's not like you, they give you stuff. It's just a bank. It's a system of, of working together. Well, socialism doesn't stuff. give you stuff either. No. They just tell well, you. They, they act are. like they do. They <laughs> give you other people's stuff. And they then, give then your you stuff out. to other people, yeah. yeah. Or you give your stuff back, or they give other people's stuff, and then they act like they did something for you. They don't. These guys don't do that. It's a co-op. It's a whole different thing. And but you said Bolivia now has a pretty socialist. Yeah, they got a real strong socialist guy. He's an Indian guy with hardy in education, and he's... Um, He's got some major opposition, but I don't know if they'll ever come back. And I've been wanting to go back there, but I don't really dare right now. So mm. I'm too white. So really, I'm too big and white. I'll stand out. Yeah, yeah in will. the dark I'm fine, but not in the dark. <laughs> Why do you but, want to go back? Just to let's have a visit. I got a lot of friends down sure, there. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Down. You know, if they, before they're still alive. <laughs> yeah. You know, most of us are not. I'm 
you know, I, one of them came to Washington, D.C. His daughter, they have a daughter who's working in Washington. She's a, she has a cleaning business, house cleaning business. Okay. There. That's what she learned to do with her mom because her mom was a maid in our center and she learned how to clean houses for Gringos. And so when she, that became a really good skill to have. Her daughter knows how. So she comes up here, she can run a cleaning business and yeah, knows exactly yeah. what to do and, and, and own, runs her own. She doesn't work for anybody else. She runs her own business. <laughs> It does pretty good at it. Yeah. She's here now? Yeah, she's yeah. in D.C. That's here. cool. But the parents come up to visit every now and then, so I managed to find out they were here, and I went and picked them up one time and brought them over to my house, and we've been talking on WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah keeping up a little bit. That's another thing about technology, right? Yeah. That, that never I mean, we're in the middle thing. of nowhere, and I can yeah, call the guy call and up. on WhatsApp now. And we're just on WhatsApp. There's a guy in El Salvador, every once in a while, he gets drunk and calls me on Facebook Messenger. <laughs> And it's the funniest thing. I mean, super nice guy. I love him. Yeah. But uh, I was on a job last summer with uh, with Nick and whoever. And uh, yeah, this guy called me up. I was like, what in the world is he calling me about? <laughs> and he just wanted to yeah, you know. chat. You know, I like, I like checking in with them. I'm glad when they call. It's fun of to course. talk to both of them. I mean, I knew the kid. We called him Camote, sweet potato, because he's very <laughs> small. He's, he's very short. Yeah. I think he's, I don't think he's five feet. His wife's taller than his. But oh, wow. Um, but he was—he came to work for us, and my dad. My dad was the one doing because he spoke the best Spanish. So he was the one work, interacting with the workers a lot, and then he was director for a while. So then he did that. So everybody knew who my dad was. They called him. His name is Donaldo. Donald. Okay. So they called him Don Donaldo, but they also called him Don No because he always told him no. <laughs> Don No. I want some money. No. No. <laughs> no. So they called. They have negative nicknames for everybody. So yeah, they of course. Him Don No. Yeah. But That's he was funny because Ricardo, when the, the when his wife. Came to, she came to work. She she had heard from a cousin that we had that you could get jobs by us. It's hard to come by in the jungle out there. She came from way over on the Brazilian border. Okay. And she was her dad was gone. It was her mom and her some and some sisters. She came over. I don't think she was like thirteen when she came over to work there. And she was she worked for one of Anne Priest and Anne was held on devotions with every day with whoever worked with her and she it drive the girl nuts because she's in she was. A, not very nominal Catholic, I mean, barely, just because she's from Bolivia, not because she didn't yeah, see yeah. a Catholic church. Because where she was from, there was no church, nothing. It's a wow. out of nowhere. So she showed up there and worked for Ann Priest for years, became a believer. And then part somewhere along in there, um, Ricard, Ricardo and her got together, and she and she, they were going to get married. But she was only like, what, 14? Okay. You know, and he was 21 or something, maybe. 18, 19, 21. He was just out of the army and been working with. Well, my dad was all upset because she's so young. Well, her mother told him. She found Ricardo. Ricardo's a guy who's working hard, got a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he likes the daughter. And, you know, so they had a big fuss over it. You know, all the gringos thought, oh, this is terrible. I thought, You've got to be in Tennessee, guys. This would be normal. Right. <laughs> and plus, the mother's in favor of it because she wants her daughter married to a guy yeah. who's got a strong prospect. So they both became believers, and now they're, they're the head. They've been married ever since. Good. <laughs> he was joking at my house. He says, your dad didn't think it worked. I think it worked. <laughs> <laughs> so they have how many kids, like 10 kids and That's beautiful. grandkids and stuff. And, yeah, and, they're the, and they are, he was a pastor, and she pastored his wife, and now they're the head of pastoral care for the evangelical church in northern Bolivia. Wow. So she, she does, she, together, they work together because she works with the women, the wives, yeah, yeah, yeah. and others, and so they're able to counsel people and work with them, so. Yeah. It's funny, we went there to do Bible translation with indigenous groups. So um, I grew up with Takana, and the SEA is nearby, and I knew them, that's the same language family, Takana okay. language family. I mean, I mean, Shapiade, Shapiade, Badi, Badi. And it's, uh, you know, I know a little Takana, more, most of the animal names I know are Takana. Okay. That's what everything's been. 
well, Takano was a fairly, they're a hardworking group and they, they're very industrious. The SA has not quite so much, but everybody has to work hard. There's nobody giving you anything. You either work or you die, so. Yeah, of course. But, but Eat they, what you kill. The SEAs don't work for as much because people kept stealing stuff from them, so they just decided they just wouldn't get that much stuff because everybody kept taking it. Yeah. And then whites would show up and just, you know, take it. Wow. The Tanganas were a little stronger, and they, they were able to stand up for themselves. But Yeah, so we went there to do Bible translation. We were there, you know, did all the ones we went to do, all the New Testaments. And all these people that came that would hire to work for us, and work with us and became colleagues and a lot of them yeah. they, they became the heads of a whole bunch of stuff in northern yeah. Bolivia so that's crazy you know, they're the head pastors of churches all that we didn't go there to start an evangelical because there wasn't any other evangelical churches it's all Catholics then there's nowadays there's there's a four square some of the Europeans came and they had a weird some Pentecostal stuff and then there's a bunch of weird Pentecostal stuff floating around and Seventh-day Adventists showed up and okay, sure. everybody else but the strong evangelicals are all the people that worked that you with guys, us. Yeah, yeah that we, we didn't plan on that. Nobody, but everybody worked really hard to have you know good devotion times and do Bible studies with with the sure. guys they worked with. That was part of your work day. So that's good. So then, and after after seventy three, you moved where? I went to Chicago to okay. to go to school. Went to Moody. Okay, you went to Moody. Yeah, I went to. Moody. Oh, nice. I didn't I, know that. Because I could afford it. <laughs> it's the only school I could afford. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought about do, joining. I was gonna. I got offers to go to West Point and to Annapolis because of my grades. Because okay, I, my score on ACT and and uh, that's the other one that you do. Uh, the college. Oh, you said ACT. Yeah, I did ACT and, and, uh, and the other one. I don't know. I SAT. SATs. Yeah, I got. I did real good on those. Okay. So, because um, I test, I'm good at tests. <laughs> I believe you. And I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I'm. I'm, I'm fairly smart, so I'm pretty good at tests. And you know, like my daughter, she she did SAT. She aced them all. She got 100 percent on everything on the SATs and ACTs. Everything but math. I think math she was like one, one she didn't get. Oh man. She hates math. I can <laughs> she relate. She still did it. Yeah. <laughs> but she I mean, language stuff and language for me SAT is a heavy language test. Well, I spoke Spanish. Yeah. Half the hard words on the SAT are Latin. Are Latin. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I just read them. Yeah. Like, What's up? I thought it was a joke. <laughs> so you know that, that's the thing. Tests are tests are weird. They don't test what they think they're supposed to test. You know, they act like they're testing you for this, and they're they don't know what they're testing you for. Yeah, I don't think they know what they're doing. I mean, in some part, it's just like it. It definitely the the ability to get through a test mm-hmm. says a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, but it, do you know the material or not? I can memorize. No, I can, can memorize. I can yeah. flash memorize. I had I'm not so much anymore, but I had a, a photographic memory. Okay. So I would study for a test, and and I'd just go in the night before and just cram for right. like three hours, four hours. I could I could then sit in the exam, and I could see all the pages. Right. So I'm essentially have the book in front of me. I mean, what's that? You know, it's not supposed to be open book, but it's in my head. I sure. once I've done that, I know I could even almost tell you what page number everything was on. I'm answered, and so I can go through the test, fill it all out. Been fine. It's not a problem. I, right. Give me two but weeks you didn't, later. But you didn't retain two any, weeks later. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. tell you a thing. Sure. So I mean, who who knew more? The guy who struggled at it and didn't do as well in the test, but got the material. But actually out? knew the or material. Me. Yeah. You know. And then plus, it, I feel like you, if you if you like something, you'll learn it and well. So I do I do a lot better now doing studying music stuff. Yeah. You know, because I care about it. So I'll just immerse myself in it and learn everything I can. Because of the internet, you, it's like man, free college. You can, that's a thing, man. Another no. thing about the the crazy increase in technology that's. Provided yeah. with well, when, I, when it first came out, I thought, man, you're joking. People are putting stuff on this because well, I was in Brazil when the internet first showed up. Oh, and, wow. And that was, there was Gopher Space and uh, FTPs. You could transfer stuff. There was no web. 
and then web came out just when I got back into Dallas and they put me in charge of the network and I went around and put network stacks on everybody's <laughs> computer because they all wanted to get on this internet thing yeah and nobody had them even Apple didn't have a network stack the newer version was going to but on Windows you had to download the stack and install it on, on, the, on the, and that was pre the old Windows that was 16-bit wasn't that's so crazy it wasn't a you know multitasking operating system yeah neither, neither was Apple I mean Apple was junk and so was Windows. Both of them were junk. Yeah, I was listening to some. I forget what, but they had. They were playing a clip uh, uh, from a news, a news uh, channel, mm -hmm. and they were talking about the internet when, when the, even just the word the internet was mm -hmm. a foreign concept. Oh, yeah. And they were talking like the the news anchor was asking the reporter, "So what is the internet?" And he was like trying to define. It. <laughs> and he, you know, he he couldn't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were they were, they were getting it in universities because it was a university network. And so the Brazilian, and I was teaching at one of the universities, and we had another one in town, and I could get connection. So we went and we got a connection through the university, and we, we were doing email with Western Union, and that okay. was new. And we would get it in, in a bulk, and then print it out, and put it in people's mailboxes. Cause, oh, wow. Because nobody had Then no one had a personal itself. computer. Then yeah. through the, through the college, university, we were able to get actual real email, and go, wow. You know, but again, nobody had it on the computer, so we still would, so people would, would submit messages they wanted to send, and. <laughs> would, would send a batch off and then it would get into the system in the states right. and get sent out. But um, yeah, it was weird. That's so crazy. That was when did we do that? I was in Brazil from during '88 and came back in '93. So I was there five years. We ran out of visa, so we had to come back. Oh yeah, I know so, that struggle. Yeah, we were in and out, in and out, in and out. Yep. And finally, they said you can't. You can't come you can't, back. Yeah, unless you have a kid born here, you can't come back. And we already had the kids, so yeah. You missed yeah. your window. No, we didn't want that. So. Well, did you like Brazil? Yeah, it's okay. I like Bolivia better, but Brazil was okay. You like Bolivia? Have you been back to Bolivia since you yeah. were? Okay. Yeah, I've been back. So I went back with my dad one time, checking on... Is your dad still living? No. He, no. He died in Texas back, what's been? Jeez. What year was that? Before we moved here. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's been four, five, six, seven years or so now. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, he he wasn't doing good, and then my he'd remarried. My mom had died of a brain tumor quite a while back in California, and they'd been in Brazil, and they came back because she was having trouble with going downhill real fast. They oh work. man! So they got tests, they tried some surgery, and had this brain tumor it doesn't you can't. Yeah, there's nothing. They got another year, but that was about it. And then wow! So I was out in California helping with that, and then she was buried, died out there. Dad went kind of crazy. He he. Got in his car. We had the donor cars that we get from different sure. people, and he had these. He's, he went through three different Lincoln Town cars that some guy was <laughs> donating out of Chicago, and I got them all after he would get it. And oh, then he'd nice. go somewhere, he'd leave it with me, and he'd go off somewhere, and then he'd come back, get another one, leave it with me. Yeah. So I was driving these town cars. It's <laughs> a nice car. It is for for long run road trips. It's a really great. Oh yeah, car. it's a boat around town. It sucked, but gas was cheap then, so I didn't care. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, so he got in his car and took off and. And he went. He just went to Bolivia. Mom wanted to be buried in Bolivia because I have an older sister that died there. Right. He drove to Bolivia. No, he well, he, oh. he drove to Miami somewhere. Just and took just off. Took off. And on the way, he went by th this lady who was my mom. Going to be my mom's partner. They were in her Mexico training, and then she she married my dad. So Vivian went off to Philippines. So he went. She was happened to be in the states in Minnesota. So he swung by Minnesota on his way. Because my brother and I were with him after my mom died. We were yeah. up in the mountains in there, and he just got restless, and he said, I've got to go. So we all oh, of a sudden, wow. we left. 
and he took off in the car. We didn't know where he was. He just left. <laughs> so he's driving by himself. He went by her, dropped all the pictures and stuff from mom for her. They got talking, and he went back down to Brazil and Bolivia. But they started writing, and then they ended up getting together and getting married. Oh, good. So, but he went to Bolivia with the, my mom's ashes and went back to the cemetery. I can't even, I don't even know where the cemetery is or where they're buried, but he, he went in and bribed and paid the little lady working in the garden the place to dig a hole next to my sister's grave and they buried the ashes in there. So. Oh, that's right, your sister died in she's, Bolivia. Yeah, she died there. She died, She had a intestinal pro problem that they thought was fixed and she was. they were down there. They hadn't been there when they got there. And so you, been, I think there were two months they were there. They got to Bolivia and they were oh, in Evon and we were still living in these little barrack things that were somebody that company there loaned us where they were building our center. And, well, they built one house and everybody lived in it. But yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a center at that time. But they were just starting to build it. And um, she got sick and they only, they had a plane, they had an Aranka, was it a, was it a Piper Cub or an Aranka sedan? It was really, it was a four-seater um, fabric. Just a little fabric yeah. one. Fabric wings, four-seater. Oh, wow. Um, you know, like it was a little teeny, and I think the ceiling on that thing, the highest it's supposed to fly is like 10,000 feet. Okay. Well, La Paz Airport's 13. Oh, no. <laughs> so Bill Key was a, he's a World War II pilot, um, fighter pilot. Out of, I think he flew in the, in Europe, in the Europe thing. He didn't talk about it much. He, he was, yeah. He'd done a lot of flying, but I don't know what. Yeah, sure. He didn't talk about who he shot down or anything. Yeah. But he'd fly like a <laughs> He flew that plane. He must have gone up the valleys and just did some kind of thermal bump and just, just popped on a 13 and landed straight onto the ground. Wow. But they got up there and then the, the altitude, that's the only place they knew about a hospital that they couldn't take care of her. So they went there oh, and they shouldn't, have gone, they shouldn't have gone to Cochabamba. Their high altitude killed her oh, because no. she was sick, too sick. And they couldn't find oxygen. They finally found a welding shop with some oxygen, but by then it was too late. But the army guys, some army guys were there helping them because they, they saw the plane come in and they came over to see what, what was going on. Found out she had a sick girl, and they went and helped. They ran around town trying to find stuff. Oh wow! Helped them get find a coffin and get a place to bury her. Oh. It was the American cemetery. How old was she? Three. She was three. Oh, she was only three. Yeah, I was one. So she, I, she was. They were gone for that on my first birthday, which was there because I got pictures of me and the other people holding a birthday for me. But don't, their parents weren't there. To oh man, so, that's so. tragic. So I had an older sister, but I don't remember because <laughs> I was one. But, yeah. But, yeah, but, your, but your mom was buried next to her. Yeah, dad buried her next to my sister yeah, out there. It's very sweet. It's funny because later, years later, there was a lot of issues up and down with whether the government, because we had contracts with the government in those days to do literacy work. And in oh, Bolivia, okay. the government even gave us aviation. Your trans, uh, Wycliffe did? Yeah. 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 We did a lot of that in different countries. At that time in the world, our overseas um, entity was called Summer Institute of Linguistics, SIL, our linguistics okay. school. So we, we would do... We had a contract to make dictionaries and do linguistic analysis on all the languages in the country and turn them over to the, the government and the museums. And also, we had airplanes, so they gave us a fuel if we would. We acted as the uh, hospital taxi or the you know the oh, sure. ambulance taxi right, for right, anybody right. who needed help. And the government gave us gas so we could do that and fly. So if anybody was in trouble and needed around, or if a government official needed to go somewhere, you guys would do it. Yeah, and take them. That's kind of a quid so pro quo thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was they didn't that way. They didn't have to run airplanes down. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they could provide service and say they're doing it without doing anything, and they could have pilots they knew could trust and yep. and have planes. At that time, there was no way, nothing down there. I mean, they, they had commercial planes, but they were old DC threes from World War Two and some B seventeens and a couple of DC sixes, and they flew sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> they flew until they didn't. Yeah, they did the milk run there. 
I can almost name the whole thing now. Yeah, all the little towns. There's, oh, the oh, of, the route that you yeah, guys you took. Yeah, you come out of Cochabamba to to Trinidad, and then if the airport is working and the pilot feels like flying, you could be there for a, a week or a day or do it the same day. You don't know. You go to Trinidad <laughs> and you wait, and then then he goes off. Take okay, everybody to the airport, and you hop in, and he goes on his run. And he goes San Joaquin, San Borja. Um, from which is the other one? Those are two of the stops, and then they go to Guayara, Guayara Marina, and back to Riberalta, and they'd make a kind of loop around there. Okay. And they'd stop in the different towns, and uh, the, but yeah, you're up and down, up and down. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, twenty. You know, that's a long. That's a long way to go in a small little plane. Oh yeah. Well, these, these are DC threes, but they were usually cargo based, so you had jump seats and animals and stuff in there. You know, but, <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. And they were hot because you're sitting out in the sun in the tropics yeah, of course. with no insulation inside. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. It's just a tin can. So you tried to wait to the last minute, board, take off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you could breathe. Yeah, but yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so later we got more planes than we did some of our own flying then up to the... Did you ever fl learn to fly? No. no. Or you were pretty young still. Well, no, well, you were there for 20 years, like 19. Yoke and stuff, but I, I don't have that good a judgment on... on on heights and dimensions and depth. Okay. I wouldn't trust myself to That's land. That's fair. Well, you got, a man's got to know his limits, Tom. I know my limits. Don't fly. Don't fly. No. How old were you when you left? You were 18? No. Uh, yeah, about 18. Something I graduated. Like I was 17 when I graduated and turned 18. I got to the States just before I turned 19. Okay. I stayed an extra year. Did you believe you stayed an extra year? Yeah, because they were drafting for the... Vietnam War, and I didn't particularly want to go. Oh, that's fair. Because they were leaving. They were about to leave, and I thought, great, I'm going to go get drafted and get shot on the way out, because right. these idiots, I, I was always, I'd read about it a lot in high school, and I said, they don't know what they're doing. They're, this is stupid. They, they, why are they fighting this war? They couldn't figure out what they were doing. They had all their rules, you can't do this, and you couldn't go here, and go, either fight the stupid war or don't. Right. But don't, don't, don't sit here don't and play these stupid police action games. It's dumb. And that's, that's interesting, the, the, um, I mean, I, did, I knew that. I knew it was a stupid thing, and I was a high school kid. I wasn't even in the country. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, the perspective of someone outside the country, though, compared to inside. I mean, obviously, I wasn't around then, yeah. so I, I don't, and I didn't really even learn much about the Vietnam I mean, the, War. The, going to the jungle in Vietnam, didn't, I would have thought that would be fun. I would look forward to that, but, I mean, if we thought we were doing it for the win and, and, and to help people, I, yeah, I'd go, but not, not when, they, when you had idiots running the thing that didn't know what they were doing and were being stupid about it. Yeah. Yeah, but all the all the thing the government U.S. does in different countries there is always you know like you said turn, getting rid of one president. And, that was the same thing. I was yeah, just thinking the okay, same thing. That's exactly what they were not doing. Because Vonser, I mean, he, he became a believer. It's interesting. Did he really? Because in one of between one of his periods as president, he had to go hide in the embassy because they had one point they kicked, they had a revolt against right. him, and he had was hiding in the, one of the embassy. I forget Chilean or Argentine. It was. No, I don't remember. Argentinian. I, yeah, I think Argentinian. Well, anyway, Dave Farah, who is our government relations guy up in, in La Paz, in the capital city, in that capital, so there's two capitals. There's two, yeah, yeah, there's two capitals. In the La Paz one, where the, where the executive branch is. Um, he, he had met him before, and he went and took him a New Testament in the embassy and got and talked to him. Nobody else would come visit him. So he went to see him, and he kept going back and, and talking and, and holding meeting with him and then he became a believer through Dave and he started when he became president again he was holding Bible studies and that's incredible because yeah, when he because after he overthrew Torres he like by under his regime or whatever thousands of people died yeah I mean oh yeah it was as bad as anybody yeah I mean people talk about that but they don't know about the second time when he came back in 
Yeah. They were, they were sending people off to exile on the, in the I don't know where the exile camps are because we use them as landing strips to go back oh, wow. for Indians. But <clears throat> I thought it was funny. How, how do you, you got to be a mountain city guy not to get, I mean, how do you exile a guy by sticking him in a, in a clearing in the jungle? Right. I just walk out and go yeah. home. <laughs> you know? I mean, where I grew up, <clears throat> that, that was like our neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and, but these guys were so scared of everything, they wouldn't leave. <coughs> we went in there and took off through the jungle and headed for somewhere else. I mean, we used it as our starting point. <laughs> right. They thought they were at the end of the world. They were done, yeah. <laughs> but, That's know. fascinating that he became a believer. Yeah. Yeah, Dave had a long relationship with him. He came to our center a few times to visit him as a place he could come where nobody was bothering him <coughs> about wanting something from him. He could come with his family and it would be safe. And so they had, they had his own bodyguards and stuff. But. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. That's incredible. I've got a ride to the capital city on his airplane one time when his bo- his boy was riding a motorcycle and his bodyguard was with the kid and the kid was a bit of a spoiled brat and he did something stupid on the Honda 90 and, and dumped it well the bodyguard grabbed him to protect him oh, wrapped wow. him up and went down and broke his collarbone oh. and so they were flying the bodyguard up to the mountain thing, and they were just going down hey you want to come along I jumped yeah, on the of plane course. off we go yeah. I'm in La Paz now how'd that happen that's amazing <laughs> so they waited a day and then came back but what kind of plane was it? That was a Citation, I think. It was a twinge, twinge um, Cessna Citation. Okay. That was the one they had for the president. Too. It's a pretty nice plane. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to your little tin can and uh, yeah, compared to our our helio carriers we had. Yeah, with uh, with fabric wings. Yeah. You know, we'd gotten past them, but not okay. much. We had helio carriers, and then we later had Cessna 206s because you can carry six people or more baggage. Okay. Helios, maybe five people, but. But it, it'll take off on nothing. I don't, do you know what a helio courier is? No, I don't. <laughs> they use them in Alaska for bush planes. Okay. <clears throat> but they have other stuff now. But it's a tail dragger, and it's got these flaps, that, they slot, um, big front pieces that fall, come out of the wing and make the wing from being like that, it make it, they add about that much more. So you have a great, a big So they have a, lift. a bigger, okay. And it drops out at low speed. So you can come in, and when you get below a certain, that thing drops out, and all of a sudden your lift goes up. And so you can take off. You can oh, take wow. off in like 30 feet. That's crazy. You have a hard surface, and you're empty. You can, you can be off the ground. They used to demo it at the Oshkosh plane show. They'd fly from our wow. center up there and take one up and show people. They'd, they'd be on the runway. You, you can take off sideways on the runway. You, you, can, you can land even less. If you got a damp ground, you can land, and you're stopped in 10 feet. Because you just change your lift once yeah, you get. Yeah, especially if you get a headwind, you you can come in and you stand perfectly still, almost set it down like a helicopter. That's incredible. <laughs> What's this called? Helio Courier. Helio, Helio Courier. Courier. I have to look that up. Helio. That's fascinating. Look up a Helio. It's a one single engine, but yeah, we flew. I flew in that a lot. That's what we went around in all the time. But that's amazing. That's the one I remember more. Do you miss? Do you miss the life of of running around the world or or? Cause like I get I get wanderlust a lot, you well, know. Just I think I've got it beat out of me because when Susan got her position, we we started working for the Global Alliance. We've been working for Wickliffe US for a while, and then she just heard one day, and you know, there've been all these meetings and stuff going, and nothing bad. She just heard it, God say to her, "That's not your problem anymore." And so huh. she she told me, she went into work and told him she thinks she might be resigning, and she told me, "I think I'm resigning." <laughs> <laughs> well, we went there for her because her job was the head of communication. I was just. Where was this? In, in Orlando. We moved out from okay. California to Orlando. With them. We were there, and then and so then she didn't know what to do. And then they, and somebody from International had stopped, found that she was free, and they called her up and said, "We need you to do the communication at the international level." So, she and that's what brought you guys here. 
Well, it took us to Texas first. Oh, right. And then when she, when they, they reorganized everything, and at that point, the, her boss picked her from to go on and do that. So she was one of his senior, you know, four or five people that were working together to remake the whole alliance. Oh, wow. Before it was kind of Wycliffe International, they called it, and it was kind of, they tried to run it the same way as SIL does, but SIL is a different thing. It's more of a university-type structure, and they also have these contracts in different countries. <coughs> Wycliffe's are fundraising organizations and people raising organizations yeah. in each country. And they had them in other countries, and but like Germany and Europe, you've got to be independent. You can't be an American subsidiary there and take donations. Oh, you've got to okay. be, there's legal reasons. So all these countries were starting to do this anyway. And then we had, uh, so we needed to break off and ha we had the same board. So they're going to split. We have a separate board for Wycliffe. They're going to do what Wycliffe needs to do and quit trying to play, pretend like they're the same thing. They're not. Right. Because each country needs its own leadership, has its own leadership, and needs to be independent. And, you, and, you, and so the alliance is just an association of organizations. It's not. There's no top down from it. Okay. And they keep trying to get Susan and her team to tell us what to do. So no, you, you're it's in charge. Us, yeah. We can give you ideas, and we know where things are headed, and we we talk to everybody so we can help be a catalyst for it. But we're not in charge of it. So do you do you guys both work for Wycliffe now? Yeah, yeah. I work for I work for the Americas right now. I was doing the website for International, but then they. They wanted to go with an outside company, so they switched to that. So you started to say, or you did say that the the wanderlust kind of thing had been. Being oh yeah, she, when she when she got her position, she thought, well, I need to go see what's going on in each of these countries and each of these organizations. So we went to we were in Costa Rica for a while, and she was talking to different organizations there. Then we went to Asia, and we were in a we were in a different country every week. Oh yeah. So you we did that for two years. We were oh, there, wow. then we were in Europe. Your and kids were, were well grown by this point. Yeah, they were yeah. well. Josh had gotten married, and they went off to school, and then she didn't like it, so they came back and showed up at her house. Nice. You know, <laughs> that was funny because Susan had gotten a special t uh, stop on, to go see them in Boston, where they were in Boston, or Baltimore, no, Baltimore. They were in Baltimore. That's where the school was. She gets there, and they were already on the way. To oh no! <laughs> so she had, she was making new friends in Baltimore. Yeah, <laughs> she had she already. Had so you did all this traveling. Yeah, so we did this travel. They they took care of the house. Okay. They were in our house, and so that was great because they could oh, be yeah. there, and we could go travel, and we didn't have to worry about. It. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we were we'd base out of like Manila. We'd we'd just talk to the colleagues from SIL and say anybody anybody in the leadership going to be gone somewhere? We'll we'll, we'll rent your. Apartment oh sure, keep, yeah. Keep an eye on it for you. So yeah. we just wherever people are gone, we go there. Right. And then based from there, and then do trips out. So we'd be based out of Manila and Singapore, and Manila was cheaper, so that worked better. But Singapore, we were there, so. So so all that traveling, yeah, you're, then, yeah, you're then, over it now. Oh, gee, man, yeah, I'm glad to be home. <laughs> yeah, and that was, you know we were in Europe, and that was insane. We we just kept moving. I'd have to go look at the pictures to remember where we were. To where, yeah, to remember where, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. We were in England, and we went over to, we were in the Scandinavian countries. About how long did you stay in all these places, or did it just vary? Yeah, it varied usually about a three, four days to a week. Okay, you know, so not too long. Long enough, enough to, to see what they're doing, talk to them, hold meetings with them. And Susan was doing the meetings. I was doing my web stuff wherever we went. So, so you were just working remote from wherever? Yeah. I've had to talk to them about Internet and what they were doing and what, they might need so if they had any questions I could answer them. Sure. But yeah, that's mostly was her stuff. And now you're happy to have. No, she just used. 
she had been traveling. She was still traveling. After I was going to say, I think I remember she, she, she was gone, gone two, two times a month. You know, she's gone about half the month out every month okay. to some country somewhere. But then she switched her job to work on her PhD and she was just, she was doing strategy and communication. She gave the communications to a guy named Phil Pryor in England. He's going to be coming here next week to visit us on the way out oh, cool. somewhere else. But, but What's her PhD in? Her master's is in organizational leadership, and then her PhD is in um, it's in strategy. It's in strategic planning. Okay. Um, but a, a new a new way to do strategic planning using the idea of a journey, huh. and a much more metaphor, and much more um, because all the strategic planning stuff is is essentially old and military based and sure. industrial based and doesn't really make any sense. It's not really strategic planning. It's, it's planning to do a project, okay. build a building, do a house. Strategic planning is a whole different thing. It's a strategy. It's how, you know, strategies for stuff. I'm used to soccer. Strategy is your basic ideas, but what happens is what hits the fan when you start the game is a whole different thing. Yeah. And that's what life is. When you're trying to do a company, life is like the game. You don't know what's going to happen. You have ideas. So what your goal, your strategy is who, who you pick on your team, what your basic processes are, and how, okay. you, and how you think about the game and how you work together to accomplish that goal, but you don't know what's going to happen when you start. You just sure. make sure you put your cool. team together and you have goals. Your goal is to win, and your goal is to not get people hurt, and your goal is to not yeah get in a fight. soccer. And then obviously you're not getting a fight and get a red card. So yeah. you know, got a well, bunch the of good fights goals. I feel like sometimes as a goal. Well, some depending people seem, on some people seem to come in with that as a goal. Yeah, sure. My job was to remove them from the game if that did that. But <laughs> were you a ref? Or you mean as a player? No, no, I was I was the enforcer on my team. Yeah, was that? Were you big or yeah, well, yeah. like this? Yeah, yeah. For a soccer player. I'm pretty big. That's yeah, true. I mean, I didn't weigh as much as I do now, but I'd get up, getting up. You know, that time I only weighed 160. Man, I played soccer in El Salvador, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, I was bigger than two of them put together. Yeah, I couldn't play the game very well at all. Yeah. I'm terrible. But uh, mm -hmm. I we took a break, and and uh, Marie and some of the some of my friends who were watching said. You know, they, they, uh, I was saying how bad I was out there or whatever, and they were, they were saying every time you, you charge at one of them, even if he has, if he has the ball, they always cower. Mm -hmm. So just do that. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. On, I can on. do that. So I still didn't do very well at, at all. At least you can make the guy change his, change his, yeah, yeah, at least I changed change his plan, up, yeah. right? Yeah. Drive him into the other guy that was getting Absolutely. The, ball. the other guy that can actually handle the ball. Yeah. Yeah, I played. Um, we didn't have much need for enforcing in Bolivia. Everybody where we played was pretty, pretty reasonable on how they played. I was used to that. Everybody knew each other, so nobody wanted to hurt anybody. So you were careful. But in the U.S., man, you got these ex-football players, and they would play in Chicago, and they'd, they'd, they'd my brother and I'd be killing them, and they'd go. They'd, you hear them on the sideline, go get that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And go, and say, what? What are you talking about? If you touch my brother, I'll break your neck. Right. You know, don't mess with me. And and uh, they don't know what they're doing. And so, yeah, we had a German team in Michigan. It was like that, too. They're rough. We're not, we had a guy playing from England, John Wood, 6'2", blonde. The guy could headball anything. He was like, and yeah, fat, yeah. he was fast and really quick. He was the under-21 high scorer for all of England when he came over. Here. Oh, wow. He played for us. So he's good. And the Germans would just hack at him. You know, he, he's tearing him up. And so and I'd warn the idiot who was doing it. I said, don't do that again. And they'd just laugh at me. So I said, don't do that again or you're not going to be playing anymore. Don't do it. It just as you're passing, you'd say something. So next time you get the ball, I'd, I'd take him out. But it's easy. You can take a guy out in two minutes, and the ref never knows what happened. 
What right. do you mean? How? Slide well, you just you take the ball. No, you take you get the ball. I get a pass. The guy, the guy. I make sure I'm in front of that guy. He's coming for me. I drive at him. Do a fake. Lose the ball to him. He spins to guard the ball. You come across with your your boot or your toe just and hit him in the Achilles tendon. Oof. Just just as he's turning. <laughs> so boom, just quick. And it's real quick, and you don't see anything because it's all in emotion. And, right. And he doesn't and he doesn't feel anything right then. He feels a bump, but nothing. But an Achilles tendon, when you bump it, it, it locks up. It gets hard, and it won't move anymore because it's bruised. You bruise the sheet. It's not permanent. He'll be fine next week. But, right. But in, in, in five minutes, right. as soon as he quits running and stops, he can't run anymore. He quits. So, boom, and locked. So he's out. He's gone. He's taken off. Wow, Tom. And they don't know what happened. That's dark. They don't know what happened. <laughs> so, so you can do that to you can do that to a whole team. But I only did it to guys that were brutalizing our own people. I don't do it because I'm there to play a game. I'm not there to yeah, of course. people, the whole point. But when they're hurting my guy. <laughs> yeah, there comes a point where there's, there's, he's, he's got to be dealt with. I mean, I, tried, I was doing it before because I got a hard shot. I did. I don't anymore. But I, I could shoot pretty hard. I broke a kid's arm one time shooting at a goal. goal the ball hit to, it and broke yeah, his arm? Yeah, the ball. Oh, yeah. man. So, yeah, I can shoot pretty hard. And so that one idiot in Chicago, he was always running around mouthing off and banging into people. And I finally got him. I told him to shut up, but he wouldn't. So... And quit doing that. So he got in the lineup, and we had a free kick. So I just walked up, took the free kick, and hit him right. Oh. I could hit what I was aiming at. Right, hit him right in the face. He was he had glasses and stuff. Oh, right. So did I. But I mean, so I he was standing in there, big, fat, and happy. You know, come up, and I just nailed it. Bam! Right, smack in the face. He didn't think I could do it because none of them could hit what they're aiming at. So right, I can tell you, I can hit you. I can, I can hit a dime on that bugger, man. <laughs> so uh, I come up, not him. He was gone. I didn't took him out. I figured I got to be a better way than just bashing people with the ball. So. Yeah. I like my Achilles way. That worked really good. So right now you're doing web stuff for Wycliffe. Yeah, I, I do web and uh, some IT consulting if somebody has questions about well, how for backups. Do you like IT stuff? Not particularly. No. I, I, I like the web okay. I did a lot of text processing stuff in Brazil. We were processing the scripture stuff, so we were running software to... Um, run through the text and look for, well, you pull out word lists and then you'd use those as a spell checker kind of to change, okay. change. And you're looking for key terms, so you've got some soft, we had soft lists of key terms in, that would run through the text and pull out all the passages that had that key term in it. So the person could see all in one place for how they translated angels. And so all the cases oh, wow. angels would be in one place. And sure. you used to do that on a concordance printout of paper. My dad used to go to Mexico City to the University of Mexico and use their mainframe, big iron, sure, yeah, yeah, and yeah. come back with big printouts. And we'd use those for our final checks. That's before. crazy. So now you, everybody could have their own on their laptop and just have your list and work through it. Because, you know, you've done translation over years. And so the, what you're doing and the words you're using could shift on you as you yeah, learn more stuff. Because the longer you're there, the more your you're understanding learning. of the language changes. <laughs> and yeah. it just helps you go back and regularize it and clean it up. And uh, see how there's certain key terms that are going to stay the same. Yeah. When you want to do them right. I, that's all. It's also interesting. Yeah, just, I mean, yeah. I. So. I've done obviously a little bit of traveling, yeah. um, but that's why I asked you about the wanderlust thing because I yeah. still like. Well, we, we, it's really funny because God has a real big sense of humor on this stuff. Because we were in Michigan when he first got married, and we didn't have any money. I was working for Audio Scripture Ministries when we didn't. They sent me to Kenya and then to in, India first for one thing, and then to Kenya with my wife. And. Um, but we were stuck in Michigan. We had any money. We couldn't travel. And Susan, had, she'd grown up moving every three years, so she was used to moving around. And because her dad was a phone company, and they kept they'd move him around, or his her mom would just decide she had how she liked to live by that. 
<clears throat> so she she's been in more she's been in more schools like 12 or 12 or at least 12 different schools growing up all the way through high school your wife oh wow yeah, so she's moved around more than me because i would do i was in our same school in the, in, the, in the village first where i was grew up and then later in our mission school then i went to a boarding school for a couple of years where was About, the boarding school at Tambo, which is um, between uh, Santa Cruz and Cochabamba, it's about oh in Bolivia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. We, uh, that was a new tribe boarding school. Not a great experience, but the, no. The, but I learned. I mean, there was a tough school. But I was two years into college before anything near as hard as what I'd done oh, yeah. in high school. <laughs> so it was college prep essentially. But yeah, we were writing papers and doing serious stuff. And so when they get into college and they're doing, they get these little assignments. They go, what? Yeah. Oh, this is nothing. This, this is. And everybody else is, you know, moaning and groaning. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you haven't been to my school, have you? Right. <laughs> and it's a little school. There were, there were a whole 12 of us in our graduation class, and that was the biggest class they'd ever had. Usually had three or four kids graduate. Oh, in your boarding school? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So in our grade school, we had I had three kids in my grade all the way growing up, you know, from third grade, fourth, fifth. First and second, we were in and out of the village, so I don't remember that. But Were you pretty close with the? I mean, you had to have been pretty close with those kids that you were... Yeah, and th you, those two or three kids in your grade, they you guys followed each other all the way through. Yeah, yeah, we kept going up. unless somebody was unfertile, we'd be in there. We even went off to boarding school. They were other MKs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Otaviano, who's a senior pilot, <clears throat> and down in Waxon, North Carolina, with Wycliffe. Oh, okay. And, and us three, the guys I was with, we're all in Wycliffe. Nobody else did. None of the other. Kids. Oh wow. A couple that Steve Gaber, one guy that was a couple years older than me, he's he's down there because he was a he was a mechanic. Steve Otaviano is a pilot. Wes Shoemaker is a translator. Working at he'd been in Papua New Guinea, but his wife got really sick, and he's back in Tucson working with a Tamawada in northern Mexico. Okay, <coughs> doing a revision of the about the translation there. So oh, that's fascinating. So yeah, this, us three are still in it, um, and we don't see each other much because we're in all different parts of the world. But, did uh, you ever do? Did you ever do any translations? Translation work yourself, or you are always doing. No, I'm a tech. I'm doing the tech, technology so side of stuff. Business communication. I mean, we did the course. I had to for the to know the linguistics, so I could help with the software to help the translators with their stuff. So I did the basic course in linguistics at North Dakota SIL. But, okay. <clears throat> but I liked it. I loved it a lot. But yeah, well, you definitely have an apt aptitude for language, obviously. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Although I guess living living in a in a place will will do that for you. Yeah, you learn enough. Once you know a couple languages, the next ones are easier. Are they? Your brain's already used to making the shifts and just doing it. So like <clears throat> Spanish, then I did Portuguese. We just we never even took classes really. I just watched TV and talked to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus I'm I'm an introvert, but I, I like people, so I can I talk. <laughs> and like my dad, my dad was an extrovert. He was he? he 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 never met somebody he didn't like so. Man, brothers what like, a fascinating. brothers like that. Your brother is too. Yeah, he's, you still he's, see he's your brother scary. once yeah, in a while. Yeah, I go. I yeah. made, made sure to stay connected with him for a while. We didn't. Then he invited me to go fishing in Canada with him, and since then I've been connecting, trying to go by a couple times a year. Yeah, you guys. <coughs> go I don't get him here much, money. but I go there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to get good. him to come here. I got some plaster work I wanted to do for him. So. Oh yeah. Oh, because he does this stuff. He uh, does. He, yeah. yeah, he does what I'm doing for Nick only seriously, and does major renovation stuff all the time. That's right. He's trying to get his house renovated now so they can sell it. They'd like to move to Tennessee and get out of Illinois. But wow. Are they in, they're not in Chicago. No, they're in Champaign. But oh, he, you told me that. He's just so sick of the woke, woke state and the nonsense there. Yeah, that's insane. Be He'd be gone. So if he can get the house fixed up, he's So if he moves to Tennessee, like, which part of Tennessee? Um, they're looking at a place, 
above um, on the east end. I'm trying to remember what's that? Asheville, above Asheville, North Carolina, okay. but in the Tennessee part up in there. And it's pretty much right behind um, at the border where the I-84 gets crosses the border. It's in that area. It's so that wouldn't be too far from us. No, it'd be nice. It'd be great. Yeah, I know my son's moving out here, so everybody's going to end up here. Wow. <laughs> That's great. I didn't think we'd be East Coast people, but... Yeah, you never end up where you think you will. Yeah, but I was trying to buy... This house right across the street just went up for sale, mm. and uh, it was a nightmare. I mean, like, I went inside, and before they moved all their stuff out, and it was a, it was a train wreck, so oh, it was geez. disgusting. But I was thinking about buying it and maybe flipping it and selling it or something, or maybe even renting it, although... Mm-hmm. You don't really want to rent something out right across the street from you. No, you, that's it. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to see all that. Mm-hmm. Um, drive you crazy. Yeah, for real. But uh, I had talked to the to the selling agent, and um, she had told me they were going to potentially list, you know, at the beginning of March. And she texted me, sure enough, at the beginning of March, and said it's listed. And uh, that day, there was. A whole parade of people. Yeah, it looked like an open house. Oh, it's like goodness. a yard sale. It's crazy. Uh, the, the one across from us is up for sale. There's been people there all week. Yeah? On, after, yeah, an open house. So this Saturday. one's under contract now. It's under contract And it, was, it only took a day and a half. But they must have had bidding on it and stuff. I mean, they probably Something. got some stupid price for it. I mean... They must have, And that's why I wanted it. Because I was thinking, you know, if it's, if it's going to be... Yeah, if it'll go cheap, if it needs work, yeah. And yeah, they, sell they, it for, you know... But people seem profit. to be willing to buy just... If, the problem is there's not... Uh, there's hardly any inventory of that kind of... That side of the house, a smaller... And the one they got, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's supposedly five bigger, bedrooms. Yeah. It's really... A couple are, are really small, <clears throat> so it's really like office size. And the one isn't even... Then there's no bathroom upstairs, so really there's not a... You can't really call them bedrooms upstairs because the bathroom's in the master bath. Oh, okay, the master sure. bedroom, so... Anyway, so it's kind of really a three-bedroom with some extra rooms upstairs. Right. <clears throat> but even then, I mean, it's a huge pile. But there's no houses that size. Yeah. The medium. It's 1,800 square feet on paper. So if you you look on see how many 1,800s are on the market, none. none. That, and, and then once they pop up, they go without They're, even. You know, they have the line of people They go before listing, yeah. Looking at them. You wonder who bought it. Is he going to fix it up or what's he going to do for it? Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see. The people who lived there, I'm, everyone on the on the on on our little corner is so glad they're gone okay so that's good but you know you, yeah, who yeah, knows you what what's you, coming next yeah it could be worse <clears throat> well the fact is that the prices are so high means that you're going to get somebody who's got some invest money and in, invest in it and they're going to take care of it probably There's hopefully money. that's i don't even think about that but that's <clears throat> but usually that's one effect of these high prices and bidding is you're going to get people that care about it enough to do something so yeah not we'll see just sit and watch it fall down it could be someone who rents it out for cheap though well you can't rent too cheap you can't rent too cheap that's true. that price yeah <clears throat> and around here, the rentals, if you're careful and go military, then you at least have a backing behind your renter. Yeah. You're not going to get these stupid, you know, rent moratorium junk like they did everybody, <clears throat> where the government says decides that renters don't have to pay you. Right. I think, I don't pay my, I decide I don't pay my taxes. How's that? We'll balance Yeah, out. we'll balance it out. <laughs> but, yeah. If you can that. decide that they don't have to pay me rent, I can decide I don't have to pay you taxes. Oh, such a mess. <clears throat> yeah, they, they really screwed over all the, all the uh, rent people who have property and rent. All the property owners, yeah. Around here, I think, like red sale, and they're pretty good because the, most of the renters are military, and so they're yeah, they're backed is by a, the military, right. and then nobody's going to not pay rent. Well, the military won't let you not pay no, rent. Yeah, no, they, they, they're they're your guarantee that the guy you got is going to take care of it. Sure. So everywhere I go to fix stuff for red sale, it's always almost everybody is military. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. It is a lot of military, obviously. Yeah. 
Yeah, the two guys are moving that I did one house at there. Must be a gay couple or something, but they, they're ain't they're British, and I've been doing a lot of stuff at that house up and down. We had that fence posts that were bad and stuff. You were, I, yeah, I think you came and helped me the one time. There, oh, a plastic fence with a <coughs> that a British I came flag out front. Bring you something. Yeah, I think more cement. I think that was out of cement. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I remember. <coughs> yeah. Anyway, there's a bunch over there. But anyway, just right behind the, the sandy bottom park area. Okay. Down that way. Yeah, it's not a bad area. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan of Newport News itself, but I mean, we got a decent little corner, you yeah. know, in here, back in here. There's a lot yeah. of little pockets where it's fairly quiet. Yeah. I mean, you're fine as long as you're not down in the public housing at the end of the pier down there down yep. by the bridge. That, that's a disaster. That is there. a disaster. Yeah. <clears throat> then they got Victoria Avenue where the gunners are run straight back and forth between that one and the bad area of Hampton. So. Yeah. <laughs> they just go back and forth on Victoria and shoot at each other. <laughs> <coughs> Personally, I'm, they don't come by my house to shoot. So, well, you're you're pretty close to the water. Yeah, I feel like I don't know a few blocks or a couple blocks from the water is not too bad. No, it's good up until till Kickerton and even on the other side of Kickerton for like up until you get near um, Victoria. Yeah, I got <coughs> a couple. Victoria then Shell Road in that area. That's not good. I got a couple of friends on um, Maple Avenue. Mm, yeah, that end of things that's getting too close to the. It is getting too close, but there. they're like <laughs> they're like one block away from madness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which they're on the they're on the the river block. So like, yeah, and yeah, after the after the first street after River Road or after the River Road, yeah, it's a uh, not it's not great. No, and we looked at the tree houses. We call them the tree streets. Yeah, tree streets, a whole yeah. bunch of because <laughs> the prices were really good when we first got here. We go, oh, there's a reason one, for we that. Can get one for nothing down there. Yeah. Then we started driving around looking. And, okay, that's why you get it for nothing. Yeah, because <clears throat> we went down to the other end and saw what was in Port News and mm, I don't want to be that close to the project. Yeah. Well, Tom, it was great to have you. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, I think I think it's a good time to call it. Um, but yeah, we should do it again sometime. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that it finally worked out. Okay. I know I've been trying to get you over here. You're probably looking at your phone like this guy's texting me again to be on this stupid show. <laughs> no, right to do it. Okay. Yeah, just like, this was a good time to do it because I got those three weeks off. From yeah, it's perfect. Thing. Yeah, that's it's hard doing that stuff that you guys do. I don't know how you guys have done this, and Nick does it, and my brother. <clears throat> it takes all your energy that's a lot. to think about what you're going to do. I mean, yeah. I, by the time I have three jobs with Nick, and I spend the night before thinking about it, and do other parts, and do other stuff, and I get there, and you worry about it, and are you going to get it right, and you have two hours to get it right. Right. <clears throat> I like my project at home. I can fool around with it you for two that, days. Yeah. <laughs> Except now i got two more weeks to get it done before I go back. So. Yeah. Well, but I, it wasn't going to work to keep trying to do that and Nick stuff at the same time and the computer job. I was just dying. So yeah, it's too I much. Said, I gotta, I gotta well, thanks it. for making time for me. You're welcome. And all of it, I appreciate it. <clears throat> yeah, thanks for let me let me babble on. Of course.